It's the SNL Hall of Fame Podcast. With your host, Jamie Dew. Chief Librarian, Thomas Senna. And featuring, Matt Ardill. And now, Curator of the Hall. Jamie Dew. All right. Yes, we are back for another week here on the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Please wipe your feet before entering this sacred ground. We are three episodes deep. We are three deep. So put on your three deep glasses and get ready to be shocked and awed with the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. This week on the docket is Mr. Tom Hanks being nominated by Darren Patterson as host in the host category. This seems like a lock to me. This seems like a slam dunk lock to me, but when it comes down to it, it's all going to matter how you vote. So make sure to register to vote. You'll see it on any of the links coming out. Uh, but once you register, you'll be set. We'll send you an email when it's time to actually cast your votes and, uh, we'll go from there. Speaking of going from there, let's head right over to our friend, Matt Ardill for Matt's minutia minute. Matt, what are you saying this week, buddy? Hey, Jamie, thanks for having me back again. It's awesome to be here to talk about America's dad, Tom Hanks. America's dad, it's funny you say that, because to me, he'll always be Uncle Ned. Yes, yeah, with his <laughs> tragic substance abuse problems. That is like the darkest turn in a sitcom at my early ages. Oh my God, I can't right? believe this is going on right now. Poor Michael J. Fox. Yeah. Tom Hanks, first time hosting, was December 14th, 1985. That's season 11. That is the infamous post-Dick Ebersol year uh, where we had Robert Downey Jr. and Anthony Michael Hall. Randy Quaid. Very weird, weird time. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize he originated the five-timers. He was the first five-timer. I remember. I remember that episode. I remember watching it. He became a five-timer December 8th, 1990, season 16. That's the Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman Ooh, era yeah. of SNL, where I know a lot of people my age insist that that is the best cast. I won't get into that argument. Everybody Why? has their favorite cast. Maybe I'll be able to pull it out of you. Maybe, maybe. maybe. And I respect that cast. Again, it's a cast that's full of talent, and I, I love it. But everybody has their own. It's like Doctor Who. Everybody has their doctor. Everybody has their SNL cast. And, you know, it's an interesting conversation. He most recently hosted April 11th, 2020, the season 46. And that was the COVID at home episode. Right. He had just recovered from COVID himself. Yeah. He's done 10 episodes in total. Wow. With some great sketches like Black Jeopardy, Knights of the Realm, big outtakes, and a lot of people's uh, fan favorite character, David S. Pumpkins. Love him. Is, you know, pretty seasonally fun character. He's a really storied performer. Everybody knows his history. Like One of the things that I love is his dedication to SNL. I mean, they had a Best of Tom Hanks DVD back in the 90s. Right. And when Paul Rudd 
was getting inducted into the five timers and the cast got COVID, um, he and uh, Tina Fey stepped in to help save the episode and make sure that Paul at least had some semblance of ceremony to his induction. What a guy to have in your, on your bench, right? I mean, All he's just one of, those, one of those people who fell in love with SNL and just never, never left in a way. He's always there when they need him. <laughs> yeah, he sure is. And you're always here when we need you, Matt. So I want to thank you uh, again for, for joining me for Matt's Minutia Minute. Uh, we'll see you next week. Looking forward to that. Now, the aforementioned conversation between Darren Patterson of the SL, of the SL, SNL Nerds podcast. Uh, you can find it on Twitter at SNL Nerds Show. Uh, Darren is one of the co-hosts of this show, and he sat down with our very own Thomas Senna to talk about my Uncle Ned and your America's dad. <laughs> Mr. Tom Hanks. All right, let's do it. SNL Nerds Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today to talk about a great host in Tom Hanks. Ah, thanks for having me, Thomas. Good to be here as always. Good yeah, to be here. Yeah, sure thing. So, Tom Hanks, his first SNL hosting episode was December 14th, 1985. Around that time, he he was maybe in a lot of different movies and kind of a different actor than than maybe a lot of people know him today. So can you describe Tom Hanks as an actor around that time and maybe how he fit into Hollywood in the late '80s and early '90s? Uh, yeah, like around. Well, I mean, when he first was on his first SNL appearance in '85, mm -hmm. he was he was mostly known as a comedy guy. Like he'd done like a lot of uh, you know sitcoms. Like I think he did an episode of Family Ties, Bosom Buddies. Was kind of his claim to fame. Yeah, that's right. Um, bachelor Party, Splash. You know, he was he done like a ton of comedies. Uh, what uh, the Money Pit, stuff like that. He had, so he wasn't really he he really hadn't dabbled into dramas just yet. But he was just kind of known as like you know it's like a funny every guy, like a like an average every man, likable, laughable, and uh, just a funny dude. And you know, it wasn't until later on, like in the late 80s, early 90s, that he kind of switched more into more dramatic roles, you know, like big uh, Philadelphia and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, that's, but at the time when he was hosting the show, he was mostly just like, oh, it's a funny guy. Yeah, exactly. That's why SNL approached him to, to, to be the host in the first place is because they saw that he had these comedic chops, I'm sure. And his first hosting stint was pretty interesting to me. It was in season 11, which was, quite frankly, a pretty bad season. <laughs> yeah. um, it was a pretty infamously bad season. But his his episode might have been one of the top two, possibly best episodes of that season. So right away, we saw him have a rapport with uh, with especially John Lovitz. Um, mm. in that first episode. Something I want to bring up is the, the stand-up comedians. Oh, Yeah, that, yes. that, that Hanks and them did. So, so, so do you remember 
that sketch in particular, and then we kind of we could kind of go into his early work on SNL, like wherever you want to take it after that. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, the stand-up comedians was pretty fantastic because like they were it was basically like them in the, like the locker room of a club, and it's like comedians like talking, but like they're sort of talking like stand-up comedians doing their act. Hey, it's Hey, Keith. Hey, how's everybody doing tonight? Hey, okay, great. Hey, it's great to be here. Hey, great. So, listen, excuse me, everybody, but hey, I'm gonna have a cup of Java. Keith? Hey, Paul. No thanks. But they all kind of talked like Seinfeld yes. talk, which was weird because, like, this was, I mean, I'm sure Seinfeld was around, but, like, this is before Seinfeld was, like, you know, in, in the, uh, was, like, super well known. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he was quite in. The uh, the public eye or, or the zeitgeist like this is way, this is long before his uh, NBC show. So for like uh, what for like uh, so Tom Hanks and John Lovitz and I believe Damon Wayans was, too was in the sketch. Yeah, yeah. For all of them to be like, hey, oh wow, what do know? What's going on? Hey, hey. <laughs> like for them to talk like that in this whole sketch, like it it, it felt like a sketch that only like comedy nerds would get, mm-hmm. but. I don't know, but I, yeah, I still really, and of course, I, I'm a comedy nerd, so I love the sketch. But yeah, it, it felt like they just put in the sketch that like only maybe a few people would get, like only a few people who really knew stand comedy would like. But yeah, and I yeah, think I Tom mean, I, Tom Hanks was a comedy nerd too, and 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 I'm I'm really glad that like in some in a sketch like that or some of those earlier sketches, he really was able to flex his comedy nerd uh, muscles and and do like you said, like a like a. Jerry Seinfeld, like they didn't explicitly, of course, they're not going to say it's a Jerry Seinfeld impression, but that's, right. you know, that's the cadence that that they were definitely uh, going after. And so, yeah, it's like he and Lovitz uh, just had this such such a good rapport and everything. Um, they also did Girl Watchers. That's one of my favorite. That's like that's like a sketch. Me and my my co-host John Trumbull. We mm-hmm. like. I think that's one of the things like we first bonded over. I love of that sketch where. It's, it's literally just like two kind of loser guys and members only jackets and they're talking smooth to each other like about girls going by like hey she looks pretty good here she comes and then the girl would walk by and be like and there she goes She's, <laughs> there's no way she would look at me like it, it was weird because like they were tearing themselves down but saying saying it in this weird voice this way of how like it's a smooth voice they were putting on about how girls just don't want them. Yeah, so it was like <laughs> that, about that. It was like that voice that that, that they, they would use to cat call, you know, trying to put on a smooth voice, but then they wouldn't drop the voice when they were when, when they were shot down. Exactly, and that's, that's that's something I can relate to quite a bit. <laughs> me too. <laughs> like in my younger days. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, same with me. They also did the stand-ups again with Dennis Miller this time so it was popular enough to like you know that became a recurring sketch officially uh oh, in, in that sc- second episode yeah yeah anything else from maybe that earlier batch uh of there, of episodes that stood out to you there's just one sketch they did like i still kind of think about it that um i forget I don't, i'm not sure the name of it was called i think they said the term like poor steve in a lot i guess it's called like a poor steve sketch it was mm-hmm. basically with uh tom hanks and Joan Cusack, if I remember, and they're in a restaurant, and then like the two of them are having conversation. They're a couple, and the two of them have a conversation about it, it gets macabre. But, like they talk about like what would happen if Joan Cusack died, and then he'd be <laughs> he'd be heartbroken, Jeez. and like all 
and all the women would be like, "Oh, poor Steve," and then like, it, it's, uh-huh. I'm not doing it right, but like, if if you look up the poor Steve sketch, there's something yeah. about that sketch that's really that was really funny because like it was a sketch where like Tom was like really anchoring it and showing off his like sort of comedic chops, and it was it was I mean it was kind of dark type of humor, but it was also he said it in a way where it was like pretty relatable and pretty. Funny. I think Terry Sweeney was in that sketch as well. If I'm not yeah, so that would have been season 11 if Joan Cusack and Terry Sweeney and, and them were in that sketch for sure. So, so all, yeah, all of our listeners, yeah, definitely go look that up in Tom Hanks' first hosting gig. You, you had mentioned that, that he had, especially back, back then, this sort of nice guy persona. That's kind of what Tom Hanks was known for around the yeah. the entertainment circles. And he actually had at least a couple of monologues kind of playing off that that nice oh, yeah. guy <laughs> uh, persona. I mean, w- w- what do you think of uh, of like maybe that like that type of self awareness from somebody coming into host? I mean, I I really enjoy that when a, a host is like you said that self aware and they know what the audience and kind of knows what the world at large thinks about them and is okay with it and comfortable enough to play into it. You know, like, uh, I still think about, like, when Dolly Parton hosted the sketch mm-hmm. and, like, they've made, you know, they basically made, like, the, her cold open was basically about her, her big chest, mm-hmm. which, you know, it's something everybody always talks about. So, mm-hmm. like, the fact that she's like, yeah, I know, I got, I got, I got, I got these, uh, these big ones. <laughs> so, like, we could just make, make fun of it. And, like, the, the fact that, like, they're that aware and they're okay with maybe, you know, taking digs at themselves a little bit. I mean, I, I find that, like, you know, super endearing and super likable. And, you know, the fact that they don't take themselves super seriously, I think, is something that a lot of people just really find, you know, very, very charming. And, like, that, that's how you, uh, very, it's a good way to sort of win over uh, the audience where you're like, oh, they, they know how they're perceived and they're, they're okay with, with making fun of it. All right, I like this person. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and and then then oddly enough, yeah, he does something like that, and he makes himself even even like more likable, <laughs> if, if that was even possible. Yeah, he he did that like well, there's one where he played off his nice guy persona, and he was like Mister Congeniality behind the scenes. Yeah, um, one where he, you know, they talked about the nice guy persona, but it's when Goodfellas had just kind of come out, and he was actually subbing for Joe Pesci, I think, in that episode. Um, to Joe Pesci had to drop out. Um, oh, for yeah. some reason, so they did a take off of Goodfellas, which is honestly one of my favorite monologues of all time. I believe it was Phil Hartman who who told Tom Hanks that he was funny. Funny? What do you mean funny? Funny how? How am I so funny? Just you know how to tell a story. No, 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 no! I don't know. You said it. How do I know? You said I'm funny. Why am I so funny? What is so funny about me? You tell me. Tell me what is so. Then Chris Farley and Tim Meadows, Mike Myers, and Kevin Nealon were just kind of looking on, kind of like nervously, and it was just so perfect. I don't know. Like I just love how how Tom played off of that so much. Right, right. I do remember that. That was yeah. That was pretty fantastic. Yeah. So um, before we get in more into his sketches and whatnot, um, I should ask you, like, you know, as a as a big you know SNL nerd, obviously um, yourself, what when you watch the show, what do you look for in in a in a good or great host? Oh wow, good or great host. I mean, I look for somebody that's able to work well with the cast, able to sort of 
you know, like, like, like who can basically sort of maybe blend a little seamlessly within the cast, who's uh, able to bounce back and forth with the rest of the cast members, and basically just services the sketch. You know, I don't, I try not to look for somebody that like maybe tries to take over the sketch or make it about them or maybe plays the sketch in the wrong tone. Because I have seen that quite a bit where like some cast, some hosts are, aren't quite saying the lines right or are acting in a way that's, that's sort of different from where the sketch is going. And like that always kind of, that always really turns me off. Like I, I just, I always look for somebody who, has a good sense of humor. Is you know can be very loose. Can do is willing to go for it, uh, and just is a, able to sort of bounce off the other cast members and just service the sketch. Basically, what I look for. Yeah, the when I've posed that question to people, they they haven't brought up the the understanding the tone of the sketch part that I think that you know that you just did, and that that makes so much sense. I had never even thought about it that way. That um, you're right. You do see some hosts who are are they are game and you know they want to play and have fun but they you can tell that they just don't quite pick up on yeah. some of the tone and nuances that's happening so it's like rare it's it's pretty nice when yeah. you get like get a host that does that does well yeah like yeah like sometimes it happens like when you see a like a dramatic actor and they're ha they don't do that much comedy so like when you put them in a comedic sketch comedy show sometimes they're not quite they don't quite get the humor and it's kind of off sometimes, so like things like that can happen a bit, or or even like um like an athlete when you have an athlete on and they don't mm -hmm. quite know how to approach this joke or yep. how to tell this joke or how to hit the punchline, like it can really take the whole thing down. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you're absolutely right with athletes, uh, especially. Yeah. yeah, that can happen. Well, I'm actually actually I'll, I'll put an asterisk with the exception of uh, wrestlers, and that's because like mm -hmm. wrestlers they're usually a bit of performance and acting right. within it. Exactly. So like wrestlers are usually pretty good, like, you know, like John Cena or The Rock. Right. But like, you know, other athletes, it can, it can be kind of touch and go. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> so uh, one of the things that stood out to me that I made note of too, and you, I'm sure you'll remember these um, from his earlier uh, episodes is Mr. Short-Term Memory. So, so mm. yeah, what kind of, I guess, memory do you have of Mr. Short-Term Memory? <laughs> uh, I, again, it's, it's like a, it's a character that once you hear just a short-term memory, you, you already know what the joke is. And it is it is something where the joke can be played out kind of quickly. Cause it really Yeah, I guess no, I don't want to say it doesn't go anywhere, but it's like once you get the joke, it, it can go the well can run dry kind of quickly. Had the danger of that. But again, with Tom Hanks, he plays it in a way where like it's still it's still, it was still like really enjoyable. You see like where he's going and you see like, all right, I, I, the joke is he doesn't have a, he only has a short term memory, but he, he still makes it work. And it's still like really funny. Like I still think about that one where he was on the, uh, the game show with Tony Randall. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think it was a password. Yeah. And how like, you know, he like how Tony Randall would get exacerbated of him saying the same word over and over again because he doesn't remember <laughs> that he already said that word. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's fantastic. So uh, yeah, that, that's definitely like a one of my faves. Yeah. So so there was also this character uh, early on in his hosting kit a stint called Mister Short Term Memory. So what kind of? I'm just kidding. I'm. That actually, you know what? Um, recurring characters, I think, is something that 
that makes a good host uh, for me too. Like when they're comfortable enough to just come on and like kind of, and, and to me, it's not a crutch. It's like they're comfortable enough to have developed some sort of character that people mm-hmm. enjoy. And so, you know, like when Tom Hanks would come on, he would do, uh, he might do Mr. Short Term Memory. He might do the Girl Watchers, the stand up comedian. So, so by his like third, fourth episodes, you started seeing these recurring characters. Um, for a host, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, like, I wonder, there was this one sketch he really did that I liked in his early days. I don't know if they, I know they did it once, I don't know if they brought it back, but I feel like they really should have. But, uh, the Sabra Price is Right? Yes. With, like, did they do that more than once? They did, they had a Sabra Shopping Network sketch, and then Uh, the Sabra Price is Right uh, sketch. So they, yeah, they did that a couple of times. Okay, okay, now, who can tell me the correct price for the clock radio? You! I'll guess $25. What, 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 what you mean? What you mean $25? I, I don't know. Well, it's something clock radio. It's very uh-huh. good merchandise. Okay, well, so $35? Oh, $35, I don't believe this. All right, all right, someone else. You, you, you. I don't know, $40? $40 for a clock radio! Uh, it doesn't seem like, uh, what's it worth, really? Well, it's worth over 200 I sell it for less, you see? Okay, 75 Oh, this is an insult, insult. Okay, you, you. So it's more than $75? Yes, yes, look, at least $150. And how about 80 bucks? All right, all right, all right. Eighty dollars, good, it's good. Okay, congratulations. But yeah, that was one of my favorite ones, just because you know, if you're from, if you're living in New York City, you know how it is to haggle about over prices <laughs> about things. So just taking that format and putting it in a sketch, and I don't know, that, that that's one of my favorites. I really get a kick out of that. Even to this day, me and my friends would be like, uh, "Oh, this isn't even a CD player; it's a child's bank." <laughs> oh yeah, right. Like, look. You have to watch the sketch to get that. Yeah, like exactly. This. Yeah, watch it. That's uh, that's from May 9th, 1992. It's the Sabra Prices, right? That's the second installment of the Sabra um, recurring sketches that they did. But that, it's him and Robert Schmeigel. One of the kind of few things that I liked Rob Schneider in, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, he was in that. Like, um, so, so, yeah, so those are, those are great sketches. So December 8th, 1990 was, was his fifth time hosting. And that was actually a monumental sort of moment in SNL history. That was actually the first five-timers club sketch. Before that, you know, the, the five-timers club, as we know it today, wasn't really, wasn't really a thing. So, I mean, how do you feel about the five-timers club in general? And do you remember that sketch? I do remember that. Uh-huh. I mean, I love the five-timer club. I love that it's this thing that SNL kind of made into a real thing like i feel like it's something that kind of started as a joke whereas mm-hmm. like the first person who hosted five times is like oh my first time doing this don't i get like a, a award or a trophy or something and they laughed it off and then it's, it slowly became a sketch and now it's like this big illustrious thing like i remember seeing the sketch and i really liking off the top i mean you've Right off the rip, you see uh, Conan O'Brien back when he was a writer on the show. Yeah, exactly. And they call him some other different name, like Sean or something like that. Like he wasn't yeah, even exactly. Conan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, you see this awesome sketch with Paul Simon and Steve Martin. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Elliot Gould yes. was in it as well. Elliot Gould it's like and this, Ralph yeah. Nader actually. He he yes. played, he tried to to come into the club, but they told him he couldn't because it was only for five timers, and Ralph Nader had only hosted once. Right, and I think like John Lovitz was in the sketch as a waiter at the Five Times Club. <laughs> yes, and he was like, you know, he was kicking out Nader out, and yeah, I remember it being fantastic. It's it almost like an Avengers type of thing where you see all these uh, other past guest hosts, you know, coming into this one universe for this one sketch. It was, 
don't know. I really got a kick out of it. Yeah, I'm glad that it, it started something that I that, that I just love that there's just like that that thing that exists in this SNL universe that we all have that started back in 1990 that you know we're all snl nerds and we all watch mm-hmm. the show and we have this five timers club thing that 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 that, that just exists that I, th- I think i think it's fantastic i'm so happy that that tom was game to do that and steve martin came in and yeah it, it, it just started a wonderful thing right yeah I, no, absolutely yeah i think so uh to, to end kind of uh because but you know before the show i kind of said that like i you know I think you could view Tom Hanks hosting stints into maybe like two or three different segments. And so we get to his sixth hosting stint, which was May 9th, 1992. Before I get to the one sketch that I'm really, really excited to talk about, I want to play a game with you. All right. Let's it's, do it. All right. Two truths and a lie. I think you know how to all play right. this. I do. I do. All righty. So there's a really famous sketch, one of my all time favorite sketches. It's the Mr. Belvedere fan club sketch. So this mm-hmm. is about that one. So during the sketch, all the members of the Mr. Belvedere fan club come up with ideas for nicknames for Mr. Belvedere that the Mr. Belvedere fan club can, you know, use to identify each other like when they're out or whatever. So they're coming up with nicknames for Mr. Belvedere. They're brainstorming. Right. So I'm going to name three nicknames that they brainstormed, one of which is a lie. So spot the lie. Hit me. All right. They brainstormed the man who rides alone. Okay. They brainstormed Beacon of Bliss. All right. And they brainstormed El Jefe. Hmm. Which one's the lie? I'm going to go with the man who rides alone. That is incorrect. Oh! Darren. Oh. Damn. You win nothing, which is, we believe, what you would have won anyway if you got it right. So, yeah, so in this sketch, they, they came up with The Man Who Rides Alone, Beacon of Bliss, and El Jefe was the one that they didn't come up with. Oh! Yes. <laughs> and for bonus, I actually try to get this back. I don't know if you remember the nickname they actually agreed on. Oh, uh, no. Shoot, no, uh, no. They agreed on Brock Toon for, <laughs> for, for some reason. They are going to call him Brock Toon. Yeah, I never would have gotten that. Okay. So well, this is actually, to me, I'd have to, if I if I ranked this sort of thing, it might be one of my five favorite sketches of all time. Do you, do you remember this sketch? I do. I remember, I do remember just because it was just so odd and dark and random. I mean, it's just like, why Mr. Belvedere, out of all people... Mm-hmm. <laughs> these these guys would like obsess over, yeah. and then like the way the people in the uh, in the club would talk about, you know, Mr. Belvedere. It was like almost like like a dangerous obsession. Like they would, oh, God, I think at one point didn't they say like Adam Sandler mentioned like he'd masturbate the pictures. Yeah, or that so, was or after yeah. he would do that after each episode. So they were like doing exercises. Um, as for I should want to do something, but I shouldn't want to do something else. So right. there was these exercises that they would do to kind of like suppress the, like you said, just kind of like um, the almost homicidal <laughs> thoughts that they would have about Mr. Belvedere. And, and they and what's funny too is they don't even use the actor's name. The club is the guy who plays Mr. Belvedere fan club. <laughs> so they don't. Even that's funny. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I just remember. And so Tom. 
Tom Hanks in that sketch, he plays the leader of the club who's up there. He's the president of the club and he's presiding over it and calling on people and everything like that. And that was such, to me, it was such a weird, dark sketch. But Tom was such a good straight man in that sketch. As much as that sketch could have had a straight man. I think Tim Meadows was a straight man in that sketch too. But Tom, Yeah, yeah. Cause, well, yeah, just because I know Tim Meadows, he was a guy who accidentally walked into <laughs> the, the club is like, I mean, he just, he just hung around. Mm-hmm. So he was like sort of our view into this odd club of people who don't even know the, you know, Mr. Belvedere's re- the actor's real name. They just call him the man who plays Mr. Belvedere. Exactly. And then, then at the end of the sketch, it ends with Tim in a giant jar. Exactly. So yeah. That'll show you. If you haven't seen that sketch, that'll tell you that where it's hit, you know, it's not it's, a huge spoiler. It was 30 years ago, but yeah, Tim Meadows yeah. ends up in a big glass jar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's I remember that I remember seeing that I was like, whoa, that is weird. Like if you watch that, that that looks like something that would be in like the Dana Carvey show like years later. Yeah, I it's loved like, it. it. Was, it's Yeah, it's, and it's Tom Tom Hanks um was, you know, he was part of that group. He was sort of the voice of reason with the other weird members of the group. So I just loved it. Like it was just such a balance with Tom of like we had to believe that he was but he was crazy enough to have been part of this group and be the president but also the voice of reason where you know he wasn't like the others so there was like an example of chris farley's character said that he loved mr belvedere and he wanted to be like him and get to know him and then he said and i'm just wondering you know should we kill him well i guess we can vote but we shouldn't really have to uh, people all right all those in Favor who want to kill Mr. Belvedere, say aye. Aye. All those who don't think he should be killed, say nay. Nay. The nays have it. He lives, but the vote shouldn't have been that close. You know, so it's the thing, like, Tom's the voice of reason, but also, like, if he was really a voice of reason, he wouldn't even be president of this club in the first place or vote on somebody's life. So I think Tom uniquely, I think, has, like, those qualities to where he could straddle that line. Yeah, yeah, like the, that's the thing. Like I think because, uh, like we said earlier, like he's he's he when he came up, he was like the likable, comedic guy. So, but I think as the time went on, he was he was okay with playing sort of darker, you know, characters and darker sketches like this. But like I think the fact that he was so likable and you know and lovable, like people were okay with it. He wasn't seen as like super dangerous yeah. or, or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. In that same episode, he played a good straight man to Julia Sweeney in a sketch called She Turned Into Her Mother. Yes. Which I implore oh, yeah. everybody to check out too. That was <laughs> great. Very, very good showcase for Julia Sweeney um, as well. But Tom played a good straight man, but played off of her really well. Yeah, yeah. Julia Sweeney was pretty great. Like they were watching like a movie on TV and like <laughs> I guess there was a sex scene. It was like, why is there so much sex scenes in these shows? My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And of course, it does the whole uh, early 90s SNL where it's like a whole motif and like a, an intro an intro song or voiceover behind the sketch and everything that was kind of popular in those, those early 90s SNL bits. She turned into her mother. So between his sixth and seventh hosting gigs... I'm going to name the movies that were released just, you know, because we're talking about Tom Hanks and this is just blows my mind. So between his sixth and seventh, seventh hosting gigs, he released a league of their own sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, a movie that a few people saw called Forrest Gump, Apollo 13, 
and Toy yeah. Story. Wow. What the hell? So he went from from these great comedies, like you mentioned Bachelor Party, The Money Pit, all of that, to like all those movies that I mentioned. He won two Academy Awards for Forrest Gump at Philadelphia. So, you know, he didn't host for four years while he was off making and releasing yeah. all of those movies. Uh, so, I mean, gosh. like Yeah, he's, he was off uh, conquering Hollywood. He really was. <laughs> he And he did. Conquer Hollywood, he did. So, uh, so he came back in 96 with the Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry cast while he, when he was promoting That Thing You Do. Not a lot. And I don't know if you have anything noteworthy from, from this era, but I, I didn't really have a ton with with kind of these two tr- almost transition hosting hosting gigs from Tom. Yeah, I didn't. And unfortunately, I didn't make too many notes about this. Like, I yeah. know he has his errors. Like, early, like uh, his time in the 80s, they had, he had like a lot of memorable stuff. Early 90s, he had like a lot of memorable stuff. But yeah, I think like late 90s. I just no, nothing too much. That yeah, really he w- comes to mind. He was in like a lot of recurring sketches, like the cheerleaders and Roxbury guys and Mister Peepers. So I guess he showed yes, that he could yeah. play well with that cast, and was willing to kind of be in their recurring sketches. But you know, as one of his, uh, I guess, f- from a foreshadowing of a sketch coming up, they can't all be winners. There's there's nine episodes and they can't all be winners, but they weren't bad. They were just weren't like classic Tom Hanks. Right. So right. he hosted in '96 and then in 2006, his most recent hosting gig, which I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorites of this current uh, era. It was from October 22nd, 2016. That's his most recent one. So I'm sure you saw the episode. Like you know, do you? What do you have to say about that one? Oh, are we talking about the? Mr. David S. Pumpkin? Yes, we are. Okay. Ooh, that episode, right, absolutely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Didn't mean to put you on the spot, but that's absolutely what we're talking about, that episode. Yeah, that is, again, it's a character I didn't think would have legs or the longevity it did. But, I mean, if you look back on it now, it's like, you can kind of see it. It is, it is like a very like nonsensical sketch where they're, these people going through this, you know, haunted house uh, amusement park ride, and then it just one of the you know scary uh, attract one of the people that are trying to scare you in the ride is Tom Hanks in this orange <laughs> pumpkin suit with like uh, curly black hair and a white you know widow's peak yeah. going through it, and it is it's very bizarre and kind of like what is this <laughs> and like ridiculous and silly, but. It, it does. It does work. It kind of works in a weird way. I'm David Pumpkins. I know, but like, who are you? I'm David Pumpkins, man. Okay, yeah, yeah. And David Pumpkins is his own thing. And the skeletons are part of it. Yeah, it, it, it worked for me too. I remember my wife and I were watching. Uh, watching the episode live, and and I almost kind of felt like how Kate McKinnon and Beck Bennett did as the characters in that sketch is just like, what the, what the hell was just on screen? Like what, what was that? Who's David pumpkins? He has a middle name now. He's David S pumpkins. What's going on. And yeah, just like the whole beats of that sketch were great. Apparently Tom added the voice late in the process himself. Oh. He, he came up with like that. I'm David pumpkins. Like that, oh, that, like that, that David pumpkins voice. I don't do impressions, but he came up with that. <laughs> he came up with that David pumpkins voice. Um, late in the process, that was written by Mikey Day, 
I believe Streeter yeah. Seidel and Bobby Moynihan, I believe, were behind that. And Tom, I mean, he thought that that was a weird character, which it was, but he put just his little, Tom, he sprinkled just a little bit of Tom Hanks on it with that voice right. uh, that put it over the top. And and that that that's, I mean, that's one of the characters that's, that's totally lingered. I have a Funko Pop of David S. Pumpkins. Wow. Like, like it's just something that stuck with me too. Yeah, like they only did that sketch once, right? Did they? Did they, they did. They yeah, they did that sketch once. He appeared one year later when they were doing like it was a music video. I believe Keenan Thompson was in it, and he was introducing like guest rappers on the track. And so right. it was all these like guest rappers on the track, and then he appeared. Tom Hanks appeared as David S. Pimpkins. on the song so that was like his only other um snl appearance of course they did the halloween special um the animated one the next year which i kind of liked like i had a soft spot for that (laughs) yeah i mean i didn't see it but like from what i'm saying people from what i've heard people say like the tone is kind of off the like you don't know if they're going for like an snl yeah adult type of cartoon or they're going for like actual childlike innocent more innocent cartoon it kind of falls in between those two worlds from what i've heard yeah definitely so there also during that episode was a a really classic version black jeopardy oh yeah let's let's talk talk about about, let's talk about black jeopardy and that that one in particular yeah i mean that i'm not being hyperbolic when i said that's probably one of the best sketches of it was definitely one of the best sketches of that season It's, it's definitely like up there in the upper echelons of like Maybe best of all time sketches. Mm-hmm. I might put it there just because it's like the execution of it is is brilliant. I really like sketches where they have a message and they're trying to tell you something, but they're not being preachy about it. They're not trying to beat you over the head with a message. There's like the joke comes first, and then mm-hmm. the, they're slipping in this message about it too. So then, then I mean, the message. That, what would you say? Like the message for for this particular one was. I mean. I think well when you first when you, when the sketch first opens you mm-hmm. see it's Black Jeopardy and it's like you know two black women as contestants I think it's Leslie Jones and Shashir Zameda yep. and then there's the third contestant Doug played <laughs> by um who's who's uh, Tom Hanks who plays this MAGA dude and you yeah. automatically think all right this is gonna this sketch is gonna be a problem this is gonna mm-hmm. you you expect the worst but then it takes this weird turn where like the questions that they ask. Tom Hanks' character, Doug, he says answers that the, all, everybody else, the black people, agree with. And so it's a, there's a, there is this thing where they're trying to say, like, yeah, we have a lot more in common than you think. Which I, which at the turn, I did not expect to, to come. I, right, mean, I didn't right. see that little turn. Like, I think one of the questions is, like, what can skinny women do for you? <laughs> And he says, not a damn thing for me. <laughs> and then everybody you know, was like, yes. Yeah, yes. that's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, or I, there was, um, I think there was one question about, like, like cell phones. And then, like, Doug was like, oh, no, no you can't put no chip in there. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. Like, yes, that's how, that is how they get you. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, like, it is interesting how they were able to find these sort of, because, you know, we live in this, like, super divided world now. Like, we're more separated than ever, like, as far as politics and everything with that go. So, like, you would expect the sketch to go that way, but then it goes this other way where it's like, no, there's actually stuff we all do agree on. And if there is things we all agree on, maybe there's other things we can agree on. So maybe you just need to, like, talk more and, you know, find the things that connect us just so we're not divided and so this whole world isn't 
going up in flames or something. Mm. I mean, that's that's, right. that's the message I got. I, I really that's I really I really took to that sketch. Like that was definitely the sketch of that night, the sketch of the season. That's yeah. That sketch was just a home run for me. No, it was amazing. And then they have a perfect button and release valve at the end where the, the, one of the categories is uh, lives that matter. Yeah. And then it was like, <laughs> well, that was fun while it lasted, Doug. Yeah. So I think it was a nice button. Like I said, maybe yeah. a little release valve uh, uh, on the sketch or whatever. But no, that totally, I mean, that's one of my, definitely one of my favorite sketches of, of this era and might be actually one of my favorite all-time sketches. Like it hits, it hits the perfect beats. Just, just, mm. just every time, and you, you just so perfectly uh, explained it for sure. I don't know if there's anything else that we need to cover for for this episode in particular before we kind of to land this thing. <laughs> I don't think so. No, I mean we could talk about how, I mean, like you know, in the in the more recent episodes, how he came back for that odd uh, Christmas episode, mm-hmm. the Paul Rudd one, where it was like literally just Tom Hanks, Tina Fey, Paul Rudd. Michael Che and Keenan. <laughs> that was yeah. interesting. That was a weird one. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, it was in good hands, though. I mean, who better to to bring back than Tom Hanks to kind of like to me yeah. his presence kind of made me feel at ease because it was a bizarre night watching that episode. I felt anxious, but I felt like I don't know, just a lot of things. I'm glad. I'm glad. I was glad that they were doing it, but it's still, you know, I had mixed emotions and seeing Tom Hanks as a part of it just really, um, it helped kind of put me at at ease a little bit as a viewer. Yeah. I think like in this stage of his life, like people know, you know, as Tom Hanks, like, you know, strong connection with SNL and we all see him as a very warm, welcoming presence, like, you know, almost fatherly presence. Like, I think that's why they had him. Uh, opened the first SNL at Homes back when we were all on lockdown, and he uh, hosted that. Like he's, he's he has a good way of sort of putting us all at ease and making us feel like it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay, man. Like just because, just also just because you know we've grown up with him, we've seen him on SNL since the '80s. So it's like from you know decade through the decades, he's just sort of kind of been there with us, just being sort of the paternal figure we need in our lives so yeah i don't know i mean i mean tom hanks hall of famer my god what, what more yeah, exactly and i mean he's hosted nine times especially the most recent one was six years ago do you really want him to host again or do you think like going out on a classic episode with one of your all-time favorite sketches is that like how you want tom hanks as an snl host uh to end part of me kind of wants him to host for a tenth time and then they'll have like he could be like the first ten timers club sketch or something mm-hmm. like that, you know. You know, like him, and then they would like have, like you know, like the, the ten timer club, the club that's better than the five timer club <laughs> or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be totally fine with him hosting yeah. one more time. Like, I mean, he the dude's still funny. He's still quick. He still got it. He's, he's Tom Hanks, man. It's Tom Hanks. Yeah. So you, yeah, you did a great job of of making his case for the SNL Hall of Fame. Like, what would be just kind of like your summation of why Tom Hanks should be in the SNL Hall of Fame? Uh, I mean, the dude has been hosting the show for decades. He's, I, I mean, like his his reoccurring characters. He's brought in like you know the the girl watchers, uh, Mister Short Term Memory. Um, he's and you know and even. Even like to, in most recent episodes, like you know, like Black Jeopardy and 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 the like, like he's he's just always been there. David S. Pumpkin, it's a, David S. Pumpkin is a sketch that aired once and is popular enough that you know Hollywood's you know Spirit ha- Halloween was putting out <laughs> yes. costumes of it, mm-hmm. like like that's unheard of. 
I mean, he's, I don't know, I mean, he's Tom Hanks. Who doesn't love Tom Hanks? Like, he's, I mean, he's he's always, like, a great go-to guy. He's funny. Uh, I mean, we could mention that, that that Sully sketch he was in really quickly, where yes. I believe it was him and um, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. That was, that was a home run. I mean, like, the dude is a total professionally, totally, total, totally brings it every time. And, like, you know, he's just, he has, like, longevity, too. I mean, it's Tom Hanks. That, that's my case. It's Tom Hanks. It's Tom Hanks. Case closed. Yes, well said. Well, Darren Patterson from the SNL Nerds Podcast, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Da-da-da-da. All right. Thank you so much, Darren. Thank you so much, Thomas. That was a blast. Uh, it only furthered my thinking that this guy is a lock. He's He's got to be a lock. It's a, it's case closed. Uh, but in case you needed any more evidence, Darren left a sketch behind that we are going to play for you right now. It is a Black Jeopardy featuring Tom Hanks, and we'll go to that right now. Is Black Jeopardy. Yeah, what up? What up, what up, what up? Welcome to Black Jeopardy, the only TV game show where the audience is in church clothes. I'm your host, Darnell Hayes. Our contestants are Keely. Hi. Shanice. Okay, now. And Doug. How are you doing, sir? Oh, Hey, <laughs> Doug, you sure you ready to play Black Jeopardy? They told me a fella can win some money, so let's win me some money. Get her done. <laughs> well, I admire your confidence. Let's see our categories. We got big girls. Mm, I don't know. You better. <laughs> I'm going to pray on this. They out here saying... And as always, white people. Okay, Keely, you're our returning champ. You pick. Okay, let's do you better for 200. Okay, the answer there. You need hot sauce, duck sauce, soy sauce, and safety pins. Keely. What is, you better take your ass to the kitchen and look in the packet drawer. Yeah, yeah, the packet drawer, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every kitchen's got one, you know. Okay. Okay, let's stay with you better for 400. Okay, the answer your job wants to take $40 a month out of your check for a 401k. Shanice. What is, you better give me that money so I can buy me some scratch-offs. Yeah, you damn right. You damn right. I mean, why do I need a retirement plan when I got Monopoly Millionaires Club? <laughs> Heck, I, I play that every week. Yeah, well, that's good for you. Okay. <laughs> the board is yours, Shanice. Let's go with they, be, they out there saying for 200 Okay, the answer... They out here saying the new iPhone wants your thumbprint for your protection. Oh, okay then, Doug. What is, I, I don't think so. That's how they get you. Yes. Yes. That's it. Yes, I don't trust that. Me either. No, I read that goes straight to the government. Mm. Well, that is not bad, Doug. <laughs> the, the, the board is yours. Well, let's go over to, mm, I don't know, for four. Okay, the answer there, he says his dog doesn't bite. 
Shanice. What is, mm, I don't know, he got teeth, don't he? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Anything with teeth, you know. Anything with teeth. Let's stick with, mm, I don't know, for six. Okay. Caitlyn Jenner says she belongs on the cover of Essence magazine. Keely. What is, mm, I don't know. You can't do everything. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, exactly. I mean, there, there was a time. Absolutely. You know, there was a time. Right. Remember? Yeah, I, yeah, I remember, yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's go to they out here saying for eight. Okay, the answer there. They out here saying that every vote counts. Oh, Doug again. What is, come on, they already decided who wins even before it happens. Yes! 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 Man, the Illuminati figured that out months ago. That's another one for Doug. Okay, we're, uh, we're doing it. Let's try, uh, they out here saying for six. Okay. They out here saying, this movie doesn't deserve an Oscar. Keely. What is Tyler Perry's boo a Medea Halloween? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, when that man puts on a moo-moo, I'm just transported. You know, I, I got to tell you, I, I love those movies. I bought a box set at Walmart, and if I can laugh and pray in 90 minutes, that is money well spent. Oh, you know what, sir? I really appreciate you saying that. I like that. I really appreciate that. Oh, no, no. It's all, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's all good. Okay. Keely, is your pick. Let's go to You Better for Six. Okay, the answer. The mechanic says you owe $250 for new brake lines. Doug. Well, what is, you better go to that dude in my neighborhood who fix anything for $40. Well, I mean, you know Cecil. Yeah, I, my, my Cecil's name is Jimmy, and it fixed my refrigerator, my air conditioner, and my cat. Yeah. Yeah, everybody's got a guy. Well, you all right, Doug. <laughs> oh. Let's just take a moment and hear about today's prizes. Johnny? Thanks, Darnell. Today's Black Jeopardy winner will receive the good chair. Granddaddy needs somewhere to sit. Give him the good chair. And car tape. The best tape for fixing your car. Car tape. It's done. Back to you, Darnell. Well, Doug, I don't know what's going on, but the board is yours. Well, thank you so much, Darnell. You people are fun. Can I say that? Is that okay? Can I say that? We'll give you a pass this time. <laughs> okay, let's go to big girls for 200. Okay, the answer there, skinny women can do this for you. Doug. What is not a damn thing? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, because, you know, my wife, my wife, she's a, she's a sturdy gal. Yeah. That is my man right okay. there. Yeah, go do it. Go do Go do Oh, oh, oh. Uh, the sound of the broom hitting the ceiling below us means that the party has to stop. <laughs> but, uh, Doug, I have to say it has been a pleasure. Well, you know, right back at you, my brother. All right, well, let's take a look at our final Jeopardy category. Lives that matter. <laughs> well, it was good while it lasted, Doug. I know, I got a lot to say about this. Yeah, I'm sure you do. When we come back, we'll play the national anthem and just see what the hell happens. We'll be right back. All right, so that is the final... Ah, this is a... You can't say nail in the coffin. 
you know, when you're making a positive argument, can you? Nail in the coffin seems so negative. But I'm going to say that that is the that is the nail in the coffin that seals the deal, that seals the corpse of Tom Hanks inside, and he will live there uh, in in perfect uh, perfect embalmed uh, perfection forever in the SNL Hall of Fame. Uh, we hope that you had a great time this uh, week. Next week we'll be back with Elvis Costello. Elvis Costello being nominated for the SNL Hall of Fame. So join us for that. And of course, Flashback Friday is coming up where we highlight several of the uh, candidates that are remaining on the ballot from last season. So you can refresh your memory with that. Please follow us on social media and uh, do me a favor and rate and review the show as well. Until next week, everybody. Enjoy yourselves, stay safe, and please turn out the lights. The SNL Hall of Fame is now closed. Thanks for listening to the SNL Hall of Fame podcast. Make sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on social media at SNLHOF. This is Doug Denant saying, this is Doug Denant saying, see you next week. Duvra. Podcasts and such. <laughs>